I don't know if this is Walking on the Sun instrumental, but that guy died, didn't he? Lead singer of Smash Mouth. I believe last time I heard he was in critical condition. Yeah, but, he's uh, dead. Pretty sure he passed on. Mm-hmm. And can we just... Can we just, uh, is, is Smash Mouth, are they in the realm of the Nickelback? Because they had some hits, man. People don't know how many hits they had because they kind of jaded on, like, eh, it's Smash Mouth. But, like, Shrek made Smash Mouth, and then they just took off into the stratosphere. I mean, I don't think anybody, like, hates Smash Mouth like they hate Nickelback. Nickelback. You know, our boss's number one favorite music is Nickelback. I mean. I'm pretty sure he's seen him three times. I mean, I've seen Nickelback before. Uh, fantastic. They had Slash's uh, Snake Pit open up for him. My buddy, quick, quick, shameless uh, shout out to my buddy here. His uh, uncle is the man, or was, is, mm. was, don't know if he still is, was the manager for Nickelback. Does Bryce Harper hit a home run tonight? Yes. Okay. I wish baseball would just lean into him. I feel like it's there. It's, you know, maybe you're... Like one of those fat guys, it's like, I'm not going to eat any desserts. I'm not going to have any hors d'oeuvres. I'm just going to eat my meal. And I'm not going to eat all of it. Just lay off of it. I feel like that's how baseball is with Bryce Harper. He's he's the villain. He made himself the villain, even though I don't know if it was necessarily. Then he's the best damn villain I've ever loved great. in my life. I don't hate Bryce, Bryce Harper. I mean, he stared down Arcia after he said, that a boy Harp. So it mm-hmm. wasn't Harper that, that started. No, it wasn't. And then last night on his 31st birthday, he hits a home run, a bomb, 420 feet. And then coming around the corner, he blows out his candles using his fingers, <laughs> which means it was premeditatively thought and known that he was going to hit a home run. And when he did, he was going to do that. And he still did it. And then the home run derby he won with like a half unbuttoned jersey, chest hair just flowing, American flag bandana. I don't know if, I mean, if he's a villain, he's in the top three. Corporate Rock, um, Bryce Harper, and Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I mean, if I'm if you don't love Gaston as a villain, then I don't know if we can be friends. Because that man was everything. Bell just didn't know it. Right. I mean, Bryce Harper might need to talk to Gaston's physician about what he's been taking. Twelve dozen eggs every day when he wakes up and eats. Dude's jacked. Speaking of uh, the question, because I'm going to start something new where I do my final thoughts at the end of the show, but um, most consecutive games without losing by more than seven points in NFL history. From 2017, the Chiefs went 49 straight games. The next closest was the 11-14 to Seahawks. And so far this year, continued from 2021, the Chiefs have gone 39 straight games without losing by more than seven points. You want to know what that is, Blake? That is coaching. There is no secret that Andy Reid is currently and probably has been for three years the best coach in the NFL, if not more than three. I just don't know when we kind of put him above Belichick. Maybe once Brady went to Tampa. But there's a reason why I don't feel I'm as concerned Maybe. With this game upcoming, because I get it, man, I get it. Every Chargers game, Trey Turner home run. After that dude talked a whole bunch of bull junk. Trey Turner home run. Channel 14. Philadelphia absolutely nuts right now. 
I even saw somewhere today that Trey Turner was like, gonna do this. And he just did it. I haven't really been into playoff baseball, but this Philadelphia team, damn it, is really making it hard not to get on their back. Love Bryce Harper. Got to throw in Jason Kelsey and the Travis Kelsey brotherhood that was there last night. And then Trey Turner doing exactly that. And boy, did he pimp that thing. Subtle bat flip, but I liked it. Yeah, the stare was all we needed. As long as it's not Houston, I don't care. Yeah. But after 31 years as an NFL coach, Andy Reid, 24 of them as a head coach, Andy Reid is widely known as the master of the bye week preparation, including a regular season weeks off. He is, has a 27-4 and four record after the bye. Is that good? It's pretty. It's pretty uh, bang-up job, man. 27-4. and four. <laughs> Insane. And the reason I don't feel as much concern, and maybe I'm riding the high of a five-game win streak and watching a game last night where the Chargers just fell flat, and Justin Herbert really kind of buckled under the pressure in that fourth quarter getting sacked and then throwing the game-losing interception. But Andy Reid somewhat had a mini-buy since the last time they played. There are many factors in the comfortability that I have about this game. But Andy Reid's last played game was Thursday night against the Broncos. He's had Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday to, be, to get prepared for this game, 10, 9 days, whatever you want to call it. And I know there's some people that were like, oh, the Broncos were bad. Did you look ahead? No, 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 no. Let's take it one game at a time, which is another thing that Andy Reid does. Andy Reid against the division, also an immaculate record. Rob Collins, if you didn't hear it, was on the on the program earlier. You can catch it on the podcast on the Odyssey app. Feel free to download and listen to it. But Andy Reid is why I feel comfortable more than I ever have in this game against the Chargers than in seasons past. Last year, I'll admit it, week two, Thursday night football, the Chiefs were on a short week. They didn't have to travel, but it was the Chargers. And the Chargers game is always one of those games where it's either over and overtime, or it comes down to the last possession and the Chiefs get an interception and take it all the way to the house. But the one thing that about this week is Andy Reid's had a mini-buy, and we've already said his record after the regular buy is 27-4. and Not only that, the Chargers had a devastating loss against the Dallas Cowboys. Chargers were at home. Now, after losing that game, Yeah, they probably got the day off, probably had a light day, if anything. Normally, I think Tuesdays are the days off in the NFL. Monday film, light work. Tuesday, light work, no practice. Wednesday, they hit the ground running. The Chiefs do not travel. In fact, the Chiefs have not had to travel. They played Denver at home on Thursday night last week. And now they play the Chargers 325 on Sunday, and they have a coach that really knows how to dial it in against teams when he's had time off. The Chargers, 2-4, and I mean, honestly, this is a pivotal moment in their season. Their coach is under scrutiny. The, the level of heat on his seat has to be the surface of the sun. And when you put more and more of that into it, everything kind of favors towards Kansas City. Chargers defense, not great. Chargers offense, lots of questions. We told you about Quentin Johnson's numbers, not good. He's not even there. Mike Williams out for the season. Austin Eckler coming back slowly from an injury. Still dominant if he's in there and fully healthy, and Keenan Allen is Keenan Allen. But Keenan Allen will have to go against Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed. Justin Herbert will have to go against a defensive line that adds strength. Andy Reid will get to go against a Chargers team in which he's had 10 days to prep. Nine, if you want to be honest. And I understand that it is a divisional game, and divisional games get a little bit spicy. But, man, if there's anything that you can trust, and it's Andy Reid. 
and the Chiefs have time. The short week for Los Angeles, heartbreak and pressure of a game where it's on the road. Again, they travel. They have a quick turnaround. I get it. Monday Night Football has been played for many, many years. But again, to come off of a heartbreaking loss at a pivotal point in your season, playing a divisional opponent that if they do beat you, it is pretty much all but over for you in the division. You're then two and five. You have tiebreaker loss to the Chiefs, who are then now six and one. And they get to go play your other divisional foe, who is the worst team in football, in my opinion, the Denver Broncos, to then go to seven and one. And then we get to get the season started. Because then it's Miami by Philly, Buffalo on the back end of that schedule, Cincinnati on the back end of that schedule, New England, Green Bay, Raiders twice. So don't get me wrong. I don't like to cash in my chips before I've got the money in front of me. But if there's anything I've ever been more comfortable with, it is this week against this Chargers team. I just think that there is too much pressure within their house I think there's not a lot with the Chiefs. I mean, I think the only flaws with the Chiefs is officially getting that number one guy, which I think they are slowly but surely developing, and this might be the game where that happens. The more confidence you get, the more trust you get in your quarterback, the better that wide receiver can be, and I'm talking about number four. But the short week for them, the loss last night, the pivotal point in their season, and a team that plays at home and doesn't travel against a team that has a short week, man, I don't like that for Los Angeles. But I love that for Kansas City. And I know there's a lot of you out there that can be like, well, let's not get too comfortable. Again, Andy Reid after the bye, 24-7, and and he's had 10 days off. And I can guarantee you there's been nothing on his TV and nothing in front of him than Chargers stat sheets and names and numbers and Chargers Offense and defense of plays being drawn up and figuring things out. And, oh, by the way, you have a top three defense and you have an offense that's slowly but surely going to figure it out that is considered, in my opinion, a top ten offense. So I don't have a whole lot of concern. I will eventually when the game gets started, I'm sure. But as of right now, Tuesday, October 17th, before you play this game on Sunday at 325, which you can hear on our sister station on 106.5, the Wolf pregame of that, with the Chiefs Radio Network on 610 Sports Radio as well. One thing I do get upset with, power rankings and why we continue to do this every year. Not rank teams, but sometimes we do this very thing and we do it every single year and we kind of need to stop and just wait until December. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. asked a question during the break of what's that number for Chris Jones when games consecutively with a sack it is 11. Um, he owns a franchise record with a sack in 11 straight games. Chris Jones current streak is tied for a second longest in franchise history equaling Justin Houston. While you were looking that up did you happen to look up the longest streak period? No. Hmm. Probably like Strahan. Either him or like Reggie White. Right. 
I also found it interesting that the Philadelphia Eagles added uh, Julio Jones. To yeah, that. saw that today. Is that like they're trying to get Devonta Smith a little bit more help? Because he's kind of been obsolete this year, right? From previous well, years. Well, he started the first three or four game, three games on fire. And then the last couple have just been meh. Yeah. A.J. Brown's been a stud, though. So here's my question to you about mm. the Julio Jones signing. Yeah. We saw Julio go to Tennessee. The same mistake that I think D-Hop just made. Where you go to a place that has no quarterback, but you expected to win. Mm-hmm. He did go previously to Tampa Bay, where he did have Tom Brady, but they had a litany of other receivers as well. Mm-hmm. Is Julio Jones even worth a topic of conversation? Does he does he come in and immediately help? Is he a late late uh, season help on a couple plays that make big plays, or is this just a non-real factor? I think this is just one of those. Maybe they need more weapons, and they need somebody that could be a third down presence. Because I, I mean, that's what I see his role being. You know, third and third and three, throw a quick out to Julio Jones. Health is an issue, but. I don't know. It just kind of put me by surprise that the Philadelphia Eagles went out and got him because now they have him, Goddard, Swift, A.J. Brown, Smith, and Jalen Hurts. So maybe they're upset with their offense. Uh, Maybe that's why they've slipped in the power rankings. Again, I'm not against NFL power rankings. I'm really not. And the new one came out today, and I'll give you the top five. If you want to find it, you can go to NFL underscore stats on X or Twitter, whatever you're calling it these days. Um, and they came out with their week seven NFL power rankings. Niners sit at the top, Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles, Lions. Again, in slower form, that's Niners, Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles, Lions. It's not that I get angry, and I don't really don't get angry. I don't raise my voice. I sometimes get frustrated on the air, and it's considered hilarious. Um, but I don't get angry with power rankings. I just think they're most of the time premature which is the issue with most people in this industry. And maybe I am when I talked just now about the chargers game, but I think I had enough factual evidence to back that up. Whereas you look at these power rankings, Niners, Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles, Lions. And it seems like just a week ago, we were crowning the Niners and the Eagles as the top two teams in the NFL. And we didn't want to have a discussion elsewhere. Oh, the chiefs are five and one, but it's not the same offense. And that was where the conversation stopped. They don't have a wide receiver one, but they're second in passing yards. They still have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, who leads all tight ends in receiving yards. Duh. And he's missed a game. And four weeks ago, we had the Dolphins already crowned as best offense we've ever seen. Not a lot of teams can stop this speed. They play Buffalo and they lose by 22. At Buffalo, divisional game, but still, you got beat by 22. And as we just said, the Chiefs have gone 39 consecutive games without losing by more than seven points. Previously hold the record of 49 games in a row without losing by more than seven points. For those of you that don't know what that means, it means every game is close. Or they always win close games. And again, now in week seven, the Chiefs start as the second-ranking power-ranked team. The Niners sit the top. News today for you fantasy football owners. Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel both expected to play Monday night against the Vikings, which makes that Monday night game a little bit more interesting because they were out. I wasn't sure I wanted to see what Brock Purdy we were going to get, and I'm not here to clown on Brock. The guy had a tough card dealt to him. Then he got a second tough card dealt to him and told to win the pot. 
He was told Sunday to bluff and win a monster pot with a 7-6. It's good. 7-2 in his hand. But again, it's not the fact that we do this every year. It's the fact that we do this this early every year. Maybe let's wait until nine or ten weeks have been played and then start ranking teams on the power ranking scale. Because right now the Bengals sit at 12. What if Burrow's healthy? What if they've figured it out? Are they going to jump from 12 to 6? Are the Bills going to move up if the Lions lose in dramatic fashion? If the Chiefs beat the Chargers, we do this every week. And the problem that I have is that we crown these teams when we don't look at the full season. We don't wait until injuries happen. Right? There was probably a lot of people that thought that maybe the Niners might run away with everything because they're just blowing the bricks off people. Okay? They lose to the Browns. I'm sorry. Call me biased. Call me a homer. I don't see the Chiefs losing to the Browns. I just don't. A P.J. Walker Browns team. Third not even the Deshaun, Deshaun Watson Browns team. And then the third string got in there. Not only that, the Eagles lose to the Jets, which even more fits my point because a lot of people upset, you know, how the Chiefs only won 23-20, to 20, came down to the final play. They had to have a call. Sure the hell looked like Buffalo got a few. Nobody want to talk about that. And the Chiefs still won that game on the road against a good defense in the New York Jets. Also might be a top-tier defense in the league. And the thing that I find more and more interesting is that it's not necessarily dogging the Chiefs power rankings. I like these every week so that in week 18, when the season is wrapping up, you can see how the Chiefs move. That's the only reason I do this. But again, the Chiefs sit at two. It was a couple weeks ago. They sat at five. They lost to Detroit and they went down a full peg, like a full four pegs. But yet Detroit's the fifth best team according to this week's power rankings. So let's look at teams as a whole before we prematurely start crowning teams where they're at in week six. We all know the season doesn't really truly start until December. That's just my opinion because we know the Chiefs' real season doesn't start until three weeks from this week. Right, the Chargers are decent, the Raiders are terrible, and then boom, you're going to get your test. And trust me, we're on pace for having probably the most anticipated international game in the history of international games. Seriously. Jags and Falcons, meh. Titans, Ravens, it's cool. Dolphins, Chiefs, you're going to get a lot of answers. And again, I've told myself I'm not going to talk about it until it gets here. But again, let's just, moving forward... Because there's a lot of people that take these things to heart. Let's maybe not crown Philadelphia early. Let's not crown teams early. Let's just remember where teams are when the end of the season starts to get to the point where it's approaching a little bit quicker than it is in week seven. Because Niners, Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles, Lions, that's a good list. And most of those teams might be at the top by the time it gets there. But if the Niners lose again to the Vikings and they don't have a full participant in Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel, does that make them lesser than what they are? Because what if those guys come back and they start playing well? What if things get figured out in Cleveland? What if the Ravens start figuring things out? Ranked ninth, week seven. seven. Bengals, ranked 12th. I think I know how you can fix this. Just ignore it? Well, that. Or actually make it a legitimate power ranking 
First power ranking of the season doesn't come out until week six. Boom, that's one-third of the season down. That's when you get your first power ranking. We've gotten through injuries. You've seen the first six weeks. You've seen how teams play. Yeah, maybe they blew somebody out in week one and then got their ass slapped week two. Okay, then the second power ranking doesn't drop until about week 10 or 11. You're not quite three, uh, you know, two-thirds of the way through the season, but you're enough to where it's starting to get – you can see who the dogs are. You can see who they ain't. You can see what the divisions are looking up. Is it is it in the middle of the road? Is it hot and heavy towards the finish line? What is it? And then you can finally go, okay, week, week 17, right before the last couple weeks of the season, who is officially the top dogs going into the playoffs? You have three power rankings that come out three times a year. That's mm. it. What do you think? I mean, just wait until week 10. That's what I mean. I'm with you, man. Wait till week 10. You don't you don't really know anybody until we get really to the middle of November and the start of December. Because, I mean, you know, Miami's got to travel to Germany. That's a that's a throw off game, but you can't really judge by it. Maybe they didn't travel to Germany just as, as well as the Chiefs did. Doesn't mean they're less superior. And by the way, thanks to the 785, the Dolphins lost by 28, not 22. 48 to 20. 28 point loss to a team in your division that you are trying to be as equal or more superior than. My bad, I apologize. Better research, Dusty, next time. Coming up, I want to talk a little bit of fun stuff. I had a question earlier that I want to bring up. The text line's number is 913-586-7610. We'll get to the out-of-left-field question at 8 o'clock, but next, I've got two little thoughts that I want to get to before we get into that out-of-left-field question list after hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Get down, get down. 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 Back in on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Likens with you this evening. Blake as well. Uh, Thursday, be sure to be listening. You get more and more involved in this Chiefs Charger week. Nate Taylor, 825. Dana Hughes at 11. Paul Charchian at 1 o'clock on Cody and Gold. So two interviews on Cody and Gold and one with Fesco and the gang at 825. Nate Taylor. Then Friday, Mitch Holtis joins Fesco in the morning. Pete Sweeney joins the guys from Cody and Gold. And then Nate Taylor joins Carrington Harrison at 4 o'clock. Um... If you missed it today, there was some good stuff from Dana Hughes um, with the guys in Fesco in the morning. Pete Sweeney also joined them at 825 and Nate Taylor, who you can hear Friday at 4 on the drive. You can hear today on Cody and Gold. Nate Taylor does good work. Um, Man, I'm still surprised by that stat. 39 consecutive games without losing by more than seven points. Do you know the last one? Yeah. Was it Tennessee? In like November two years ago, maybe three three years ago, thirty nine straight games. So what? Oh, see, I I would have gone all the way back to the Super. Bowl. You would just have to go back thirty. You'd have to look at their overall schedule and look at the score. I think is it Tennessee? Because they did they lose to Tennessee the year after the Super Bowl when they went to Tennessee and just got plummeted. Because I know the Super Bowl they got beat pretty bad. Yeah, thirty nine games. Right, they've played six this year, so that takes it down to thirty three. So then you're looking at two and a half seasons. So it's either the Super Bowl or that Tennessee game. I'm sure the text line knows, 913-586-7610. Before I get out of the 7 o'clock hour, Blake, I want to know your opinion. 
there is new sports that have been proposed and have officially been added to the Los Angeles Olympic Games in 2028. Wow. We were talking to Bryce Harper, or we were talking about Bryce Harper earlier. They asked him if he would participate for the team of the United States in the Olympics. He said, I'd be an old man then. He's 31. So in four years, or five years, he'd be obviously 36, but I still believe he'd probably play. Bobby Wood Jr., I assume, would be on that team for some local Royals talk for those of you that hate me for doing that. But that'd be kind of cool to see if he's still a Royal um, in that time. But the one that sticks out outside of the games that have been announced as officially joining, baseball, softball, flag football, lacrosse, squash, and cricket. I still don't think – is squash the one you play with the little blue ball in a room of glass? I have no idea, man. I, I know cricket. I know cricket. I know all of them except how to play squash. My first question in my 7 o'clock final thoughts, what team competes the best against the United States in flag football? Because Australia plays a lot of serious yeah, rugby. I was going to say Australia probably because they also have Australian. They got uh, they got rugby and they have Australian football, mm-hmm. which you see a lot of punters come from. Mm-hmm. Well, Butker was like a high school soccer star. Doesn't surprise you. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to think about that. Like I feel like Jamaica would be really good at flag football, just because like they're the so athletically fast. Yeah, that it's like, can you get to the flags? And they could just run the house out of you. Either I was going to say Jamaica could be one. Kenya, they're just bred to run. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're fairly skinny, so that you got that hip swivel. Get the sweat, get the flag from them might be a little difficult. Yeah, I mean, and then I guess the backside of that question is, what do you play seven on seven flag football? You have a you just or maybe let's say it's five on five. Do you think they allow NFL players to play? Also, it's five years from now, so you have to think about that as well. That's, I mean, that's a good question because I'm assuming if it's going to be a flag football team, they're going to have tryouts. I don't know what would be the restriction against them playing. Because the three names that came to mind, because they came out and talked about it, were Tyreek Hill, Rob Gronkowski, and Micah Parsons. All were like, dude, this screams me, put me on the team. Because Tyree Kill has always said he wants a gold medal from the Olympics. Yes. He's, he, he was he was boasting about trying to put a track team together the other day. Again. Right. And, again, this is in five years because it's 2023, 2028, so we'll call it four years. Four more years in Los Angeles, flag football is allowed. You got to think about guys in their prime that can play flag football at an exceptional rate. People say that Brazil would do well against Kansas, or against the United States in flag football. Also, Canada. I could see Canada for sure. Brazil. I'm not. I'm not sure quite where that's coming from, and if maybe they've got some inside info we don't know. Well, about they're the really football good at soccer. In, yeah, but it's so footwork. It's and flag speed. football. It's you still you, football. Yeah. You got to be able to catch. You got to be able to throw. I'm also interested in Canadian football players in the NFL. Mexico's got a league too. Yeah. I know some boys down in Mexico that can play. There were five Canadian players picked this year in the NFL draft. And I know they have like the CFL, right? Yeah. That's still going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chase hey. Claypool, Canadian. Nikhil Harry, Canadian. <laughs> mm. Yeah. 
the doc who just retired, but uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif was Canadian. Mm-hmm. The Canadian doctor was his nickname. Nikhil Harry is from Toronto. But I was just wondering why can why Canada would be. I mean, I get it. Like, it's just because they got football. They're the closest. They're the closest to the Americanized football. And I'm sure that they play seven on seven in Canada when they're practicing for you know doing your spring training or somebody off, says off Kyler Murray would be incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably he's still a child, and you don't have to. Uh, you don't do any like studying. No, you're just out there playing razzle dazzle. Somebody said, could Mike Vick be the quarterback? I mean, Lamar Jackson in flag football should be a cheat code. Well, it it, do, it wouldn't matter because you can't run as the quarterback in flag football. No, but you have to get around the blitzers. Yeah. I, w- I wonder how the- they, I wonder how they would implement that because usually it's a five it's a walk blitz depending on who's who, how you're playing the rules we've always played walk blitz until he breaks the pocket then you can run or there was like you had to count to three Mississippi yeah I could see Pat Mahomes doing that because all he's got to do as long as he doesn't break the pocket he can just walk backwards and toss up a ninety yarder like if your receivers were Chase Jefferson Tyree Kill your snapper would be like a tight end so like I don't know. What's that? Laporta? I guess, is he American? Laporta. The last name doesn't sound American, but. No, but probably is. Probably. Or by then, Brock Bowers has been in the league for four years, even though, bless his heart, he's hurt at Georgia right now. No, your, your snapper is Winchester. Okay. What? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. So are you, are, but see, your snapper. Kyle Schwarber, home run, by the way. Can't back play. Schwarby. No, because like you don't, your snapper does. He just sits he there, right? Anything. He puts his hands behind his back and blocks. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. Yeah, but that's where you'd have like a defensive player. Like that's where like Micah Parsons would excel because he's so quick and strong and agile. Olympics are adding flag football. That's the conversation we're having right now. What I'm really surprised is is they added squash, but they didn't grow. They didn't add the fastest growing sport in America, pickleball. That's coming. That's got to be coming. It's already a professional league. I like pickleball. It's fun. What is squash? It's a great substitute for spaghetti noodles. Yes. Yeah. See, I knew squash was the blue ball game in the gym. Squash is a racket sport that is played in four wall court between two players or four in doubles competition. It is similar in many ways to racquetball. Okay. I was going to say, what's the difference? That's what I was thinking of. But with players taking turns, striking the ball to playable areas on the wall in hopes of securing a point when their opponent is unable to return the ball. I played racquetball twice. I forget what the gym was called. I think it was called All American Fitness in Blue Springs. It's now a gun range on the outer road of I-70. Played it twice, took a ball to the inner thigh and to the back, and I'll never do it again. That thing's coming. Literally. And I mean, at a speed and made of rubber that will make you just absolutely want to kick a dog. And I'd never touch a dog in the wrong way. You, I'd never do that. Are you excited at all about lacrosse? Does that intrigue you at no, all? But I bet we're good. I bet all those Upper East teams would be good. You know who's going to be good at it? Is, uh, was it, is it India that plays High Life? Sure. What, do you even know what that is? Have no idea. I it, thought you said High most, Life like Miller High Life. Nah, champagne and beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the one where you they. it's like the most dangerous sport in the world where they whip the ball at like 150 miles an hour. I just know lacrosse is really like popular with rich people. Yes. And a lot of people in like the northeastern part of the United States play. Oh, yeah. New Jersey. You play lacrosse, you're from New Jersey. Massachusetts. Ohio. Yeah. Carolina's warm all year. Mm-hmm. Probably got a lot of money living out in Hilton Head or Myrtle Beach. Softball's intriguing. Jenny Finch, one of the first loves of my life. 
Cricket's awesome. We I like cricket. cricket. We had a class in gym called Rec Sports. Shout out Coach McClagan. Um, and we played cricket, and it was really, really fun. I mean, you, I mean, you thought you sweat in the summertime. You'll sweat playing cricket. And if you ever watch cricket, the rules are really interesting to cricket. Yeah, you, and the scoring and what is and is not a home run and how you it's kind of like it's like sort of like baseball where you can rob it or if you throw it back mm-hmm. in, kind of like a, a interception on the side. Like it's kind of you know, it's interesting. If you get a lot of sports channels, you you tend to be uh, start to start to search around and start finding some things that catch your eye. I just feel like four of these six sports that were introduced would be very popular on ESPN and the Ocho. Bryce Harper is up to bat. I need to get to commercial break so I can watch it. But as we do every night at 8 o'clock, the out-of-left-field question is up next. The question is, I give it to you before the break, if you could have a lifetime supply of anything, what would it be? The only tick is you can't say money. Limited lifetime supply of blank, but you can't say money. 913-586-7610. We get into the out-of-left-field question on the other side. You're listening to After Hours. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin P. 